You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We just wrapped up our Mandalorian rewatch of every single Star Wars TV show from Clone Wars through Rebels all the way through The Mandalorian. And now that we're done that, before we start our next uh, season of Force Friends Rewatch, we thought it'd be fun to talk about Star Wars Visions. Yeah. So we are covering them thematically. Last episode, we watched the kind of light side themed episodes. And this week, we're going to the dark side. Heck yeah. But before we get into that, Ryan has a bit for us. Who's Ryan? No, I'm kidding. I do have a bit for us. Uh, So... Because we're going to the dark side, I feel like the bit has to go to the dark side. I think that's in my contract somewhere. And I have never been a big Sith fan, but I've also never been a liar. And I can't deny that they are a stylish group of beings. What Sith has the best style? Who is your favorite Sith on aesthetics alone? Can be canon, can be legends, can be whatever. Oh, that's tricky. Um, I mean, it feels incredibly 90s, even though it's the aughts. But Darth Bane. I mean, the like scarab armor and the weird helmet and the super big eyeliner. Darth Bane looks pretty, pretty sexy. It is interesting that you said Darth Bane because I myself have never liked the scarab armor so much. I like the design of the scarab armor, but it's not the Darth Bane that I pictured. I like the Clone Wars Bane. So same answer, different different take on the character. I like that it's Darth Vader inspired, but still very kind of samurai and old timey. Um, but honestly, honorable mention to Count Dooku. I like the simple aristocratic elegance of his look. It's it's not what we picture a Sith Lord looking like, but it's still, it works for that character. Legends Bane really doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It It feels almost more like Star Trek. And yeah. I think that's why it stands out to me so much, is that it's like a very not Star Wars-y design. That makes uh, sense. As like sexist and like poorly designed and male gazy as it is, there is something about Darth Talon and this like leather bikini that I think is <laughs> quite cool. Um, have Have you ever seen the the concept artwork? George Lucas kind of wanted Darth Talon to be in his version of the sequel trilogy. And have you ever seen the reworks of her outfit that make it? Not 100% better, but slightly better, but still super badass. No, I haven't. 
I'll dig those up. Yeah, we went to an art exhibit on like the George Lucas sequels trilogy at a visual effects school a couple of years ago. And there was all this art of like her standing with the character that would become Snoke. And it was a lot more corsety. It wasn't a bikini anymore. And there was just a lot more to it. It was a little more armored. It was really fascinating. I love her as well. It's frustrating that there still is not a lady Sith. Yeah. In canon. Yeah. We, we got one in one of these vision shorts, but not, we did. Yeah. But like, I know people will say Ventress. Ventress is amazing. Don't get me wrong. She is an incredible character, but the entire point of her character is that she's not actually a Sith. Yes. And that she, she's being punked. And, like, she has to realize that she's being used and, like, learn and grow from that. So to say she's a Sith, I think, misses the entire point of what makes her a great character. And I feel like it's almost like an insult to her. Yes. Because her whole journey is realizing that she's not a Sith and they're using her and fuck that, actually. Yeah. People miss the point if they see her as a Sith. Um, And it's, it's wild that, like... After all this time, we still don't have a, a woman Sith Lord. Yeah. Which is why I do think Talon maybe stands out a little bit more. Like, again, design is very male gazy. Yeah. But for a time, she was a, you know, quote unquote, canon woman Sith when there have not been many. Yeah, for sure. Dooku was written as a woman at one point. Um and then they, when I think what happened was they got Christopher Lee and it was like, okay, we use him. If they had kept Dooku like the same age and cast like an older actress. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Dooku, that would have been phenomenal. And like all the respect in the world to Sir, to Sir Christopher Lee, the man is a legend and does a, a, a phenomenal job as Dooku. But a badass older woman as, yeah. as, as a Sith, as Darth Tyrannus would have been fucking dope. Most definitely. Yeah, I don't know if Dooku was still old when the character was female. I I know that they really hadn't decided who Dooku was when they started designing. Like, Kit Fisto is a Dooku design, Ventress is a Dooku design, but... Well, Ventress was also a Maul design. Right, right? that's right. Yeah, 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 so was Talzin. They don't throw jack shit out at nah. Star Wars. They just hang on to everything. Yeah. Uh, I think, I want to say... Luminara is a Dooku design. There, there was a lot of like Dooku as a woman sketched out. What could have been? Yeah, seriously. And yet we still don't have one 20 years later, a female Sith Lord on screen. Besides yep. our villain in Aikakiri, which leads us to Star Wars Visions. Yeah, Star Wars Visions. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> we watched three episodes. We watched The Duel, The yes. Elder, yes. and Akakiri. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, the Duel is about kind of like a grumpy uh, Ronin traveling with his droid, and he's getting his droid repaired or like repowered or something, and in this village. And as that is happening, it gets attacked by some marauders. And it turns out that the village hired 
you know, seven samurai to defend them, and like some mercenaries are fighting these marauders, but then it turns out the marauder's leader is a Sith Lord with a lightsaber umbrella. It is fucking awesome. Uh, she starts wiping out the, the mercenaries protecting the village, and the Ronin decides he has to step in, and uh, he and the Sith fight, and she's like, I haven't fought a Jedi in so long, da 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 and then he whips out his lightsaber and reveals it as red, and the fight escalates, he defeats her, and then he gets his droid and leaves. The Elder is about a pair of Jedi, uh, Master and Apprentice, travel to a planet to investigate some crimes or something. They get there. They think that it might be a Sith who is doing it. The Padawan gets confronted by the Sith instead of running. He chooses to fight. He gets grievously wounded. His Master shows up. Uh, possibly some of the coolest lightsaber moves to have ever been put to screen happen. Oh yeah. And, uh, I've seen like that sort of shit in Star Wars comics before, but like seeing it on screen, whole different ball game. Very cool. Uh, the Jedi win and they, they move on. And then Akakiri was probably the one I liked the least. Really? Uh, I think I need to rewatch it. I, it like didn't hook me right away, and then I ended up getting distracted, and then like you know I was like, oh, I gotta finish this. Uh, my second watch made me like it. My first watch, I didn't know what to think, but watching it a second time, I, I really felt for him. So I think rewatching it is a good call. Yeah. So there's a Jedi. His ex girlfriend is in trouble. He goes to help her. She's a princess. Um, I do like the bumbling sidekick characters who are very yeah. much like the tropes that inspired R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yes. It turns out that the princess's sister is a Sith, and she's, like, real big and beefy, and uh, the, the, she fights the Jedi, and Jedi wins? I don't remember. Uh, no, the, the Sith tells the Jedi that his destiny is written on the wall, and he accidentally kills the princess... And the Sith again reiterates, like, your destiny is written on the wall and convinces him to turn to the dark side to save her. But then he kind of walks away following the Sith and leaves the princess alone. And that's it. I didn't catch ending. any of that. Yeah, that's why this one's a Sith one. He's Yeah. Um, Jesus. Okay, I got to rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to look up uh, what the hell the title means too. it means red haze in Japanese. And it's sort of the the moral fog of how he'll end up. But red haze Sith. Uh, yeah, that's dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gotta one, give that another watch. Uh, another watch more carefully. Dreams for a sequel. It's it's Anakin's story, but not. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would love and I'm bummed that I don't see more buzz about a sequel to that one, but I think it might be that like you said, I mean the it's it's oddly paced and it kind of loses people. It lost me on my first pass through. It Yeah, it there's like a lot of aesthetic choices where um I find some of the character designs like a little off-putting and the the protagonist like didn't quite grab me and then when i was like oh like 
he and this princess were in love, I was like, oh, I don't really care. Like, I don't need another hetero love story and like right now. Yeah. Um but yeah, that ending sounds incredible, and I can't believe I was not paying attention. Whoops. <laughs> so we Ryan, you, you know I gotta ask. We watched three yeah. episodes of Star Wars Visions. Did these three episodes work for you? Uh yes. I I I enjoyed each of these for different reasons. Um I mean the duel so visually striking, like nothing we've seen. The the elder I love that. That felt like it could slide right into the High Republic era. I love a little tease that the Jedi might find out there's a Sith Lord, but uh, not quite. They don't quite get it. Super classic designs in that one, too. I love the look of the older Jedi, the David Harbour character with the longer skirt. Um, and then Akakiri. I mean, I got to disagree. I liked the visuals of this one overall. I, I thought they were very, like, very classical. Um I like the design of the Royal Guard folks with the weird masks. Uh, I felt like the design of the peasants was kind of right in line with uh, the, 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 the old Kurosawa peasant trope. All of these worked for me. How about you? Uh, I, I, I think it's pretty clear that Akakiri, like, <laughs> I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, but like putting that off one off to the side is like not grabbing me on the initial watch through. Uh, I love the duel and I love the elder. I think they're both incredibly designed and acted. And I think they, you know, last week we talked about like, does it succeed as anime and does it succeed as star Wars? I think both of these are completely meshes those two things together in a way that you cannot separate it. Like you cannot pull the anime out of the duel and you cannot remove the Star Wars from it. It is quintessentially both. And I think the elder is the exact same way. It is intrinsically anime and it is intrinsically in its blood Star Wars. And you can't separate that or you lose the whole thing. And I think that's, I think that's really fucking cool. And yeah. I want Star Wars to do that with other genres, please. Yes. More Western Star Wars, please. I think we have that with The Mandalorian. Like, I think The Mandalorian, oh, in a lot of ways, is quintessentially Star Wars and quintessentially Western. Uh, I, I'm talking, like, give me give me a heist movie. Oh, like, got it, got it. Give me, give me a noir detective movie. You know, like, give me... Like, I mean, Rogue One kind of other... becomes a heist movie. Which one? Rogue One kind of becomes oh, a heist one? movie. Yeah. I mean, they are, without a doubt, like, breaking in and stealing something, but it's not... Yeah, it's not it, in its like, DNA a heist movie. It's also... Give me the tropes. Give me yeah, the tropes of a heist movie. Give me the tropes of a noir detective story. Give me... <laughs> give me a horror story. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I know, like, Clone Wars and Rebels both have, like, horror-themed episodes, which are really fun, but, like... Yeah. Give me, give me a whole movie or show. Like, I mean, I, um, I love how Star Wars did this thing of like, we're going to take yeah the best creators in this field and let them run wild in Star Wars and see what they come up with. It's, it's fucking cool. Yeah. My hope is that Andor is very much like a Alfred Hitchcock, notorious kind of hard boiled, ambiguous spy drama. I think that character lends itself to that. I mean, that that's the only thing I can think of that's been announced that could really be like a genre 
Star Wars, but I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I think Visions has been successful enough that it's got to be on the table to lean into other genres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I guess should we take it episode by episode and talk about like yeah what really stood out? Yeah. I love the reveal in the duel that this grumpy Ronin character is not a Jedi. Yeah. Because watching it, you're like, oh, I know how this is going to go. He's going to whip out a blue lightsaber and he's going to save the day because it's the right thing to do. And instead he whips out a red lightsaber and you're like, oh shit, this is two Sith who are about to duke it out. I know that a novel has come out and has kind of fleshed this character out and that there's stuff going on there that, you know, that might not be the case. I don't want to spoil anything from the novel, but if you just take it as is in the episode. It's two Sith fighting each other, and it's awesome. Yeah, I've I've only read the beginning of the novel, and that pretty much is the short. So I'm not I'm not yet past the context of the short, but I do love the way that the novel gets into his head. I will say that I have heard that the first explicitly trans character, uh, I think ever in star wars like explicitly binary trans character is in that novel oh excellent um except for the extremely extremely transphobic rsn comic which we will not talk about here uh, yeah but yeah so that's that's interesting that's, that's awesome that that a, a character like that is in that novel so that is awesome Hormones are in Star Wars. You can get hormo- uh, You can get HRT in Star Wars. It's canon. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah! I loved the. I love that the duel didn't really give a shit about the timeline. It feels post sequel trilogy, right? Like the the it stormtrooper does. helmets lend you know feel way more like first order helmets. Well, the. If if you do figure in the novel, which has context from the filmmakers, the idea was just that this is another universe. This is this is feudal Japan Star Wars, where the Jedi are samurai that protect the Emperor, and the Sith are rebellious bandits seeking anarchy. And I think well, that's a unique take, but it could also be post sequel trilogy. Although I don't I don't like the idea that the Sith come back yet again. Um, I mean, yeah, it's the idea that the Sith come back yet again is, in fact, frustrating, but Kylo's not a Sith, and uh, I I imagine that there are other people running, running around who, like, when I watched it, I, in my head, I was like, oh, that's the one third of the students who fell with Kylo. Oh, there you go. Like, that's what I, like, lightsaber umbrella lady. I was like, she's one of the students who left with Kylo, and she is now, uh, you know, First Order has fallen. She's she's running amok with her troopers. I like that. But uh, I did not have the context of, like, this is feudal Japan, so uh, what do I know? <laughs> no, I like yours better, quite honestly. I... 
I don't think Star Wars needs to lean into the alternate universes quite that hard, although it is interesting. It is interesting to think of, because that was the original idea for the Jedi in Lucas's early draft, was that they were bodyguards of a benevolent emperor. I love the Trandoshan. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, I like I like the the variety of alien creatures that make up these bandits. And I love the the Death Star droid with the rotary gun. Yeah, super cool. The Trandoshan was funny. And I, isn't there the there's the the guy fixing the droid maybe was a Sullison, if I remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a pancake face. <laughs> All of these shorts uh kind of I don't know they they made use of of alien designs honestly better than most recent Star Wars productions just bringing in classic aliens. I'm always a cheerleader for that. Yeah, my one of my favorite things is when I see aliens of different eras of Star Wars interacting. Yes. It, it makes it makes the galaxy feel that much more real. So if I can see uh, Roydian hanging out with an Elo Asti hanging out with a <laughs> uh, a Kit Fisto. I'm like, this is great. Like, look at all these boys. Look at these lads. They're all friends here. Yeah. I think um, whatchamacallit, uh, Resistance did that well. Definitely. Mandalorian has done it to a lesser extent. We haven't seen as many prequel aliens there. Yeah, they gotta get on that. Yeah. It looks like uh, the Bob A. Feet show will will have a little bit of that. I hope so. It does look that way from the trailer. What else? What else in the duel? Uh, <sighs> I love the I mean, lightsaber umbrella. Yeah, I was about to say. We talked about the lightsaber umbrella briefly, but man, that is a cool take on a lightsaber. One of the things that I went into Visions hoping for, like just because swordplay figures so much into anime storytelling, I was hoping for, you know, unique lightsabers. I was not disappointed. Yeah, it was really, really cool. What else? I love the droid with the hat. It's adorable. Droid with the hat is a highlight. It's a good, it's a good robot. Yeah. I like that it's a, it's a pretty straightforward good and evil story, but then really isn't. Um, We don't know if we like the guy. We don't know if we're supposed to like the guy. We are, but... The red lightsaber kind of throws everything before and after into question. I mean, it really gives him a man with no name energy, uh, which is a, for the kids out there, a reference to an old Clint Eastwood trilogy of spaghetti westerns, where he's not a good guy, but he's gonna do the right thing for, like, bad reasons. Yeah. And when he when this dude walks out and, you know, it it feels very much like a cowboy showdown pistols at noon and he draws his his six shooter and reveals that it's a red lightsaber. You're like, oh, oh, he's not a good person. This is awesome. Yes. Yeah, it is. I didn't even think of that, but it is very man with no name. I I humbly submit that. A spaghetti western produced in Japan should be called a yakisoba western. Just putting it out there. Yeah, because it I'm is down for that. <laughs> it is it is a very spaghetti western story overall, not just him, but 
the town uh, and the hired help. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 very good. Definitely. Anything you'd change here? Anything that like didn't quite work for you? <laughs> um honestly no. It it was fun. It was I can't think of anything that would I could tweak without just changing the DNA of the story. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. I think this short is perfect for what it's trying to be. I I think I, I love everything about it. And um, it is the most different animation style from anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. And that really attracted me to it. I think it needed to be the style it is because it draws your attention... Without the color, I mean, it draws your attention to the subtleties and the movement and the expressions of the characters. But then when we get the lightsabers, it, it kind of tells you that you need to pay attention to the colors of the sabers. And I think it was a great choice for the first episode. Definitely. Definitely. It's a good primer. It grabbed people. I've seen a lot of people complaining that like none of the ones after it really held a candle to it. I, I don't agree with that, but it's kind of the point. Put your strongest one as the first. What about the elder? What did you like oh, about the man. elder? First of all, the cast. Um, Jordan. I'm going to bungle his name. I got to look it up, which is funny because I worked with him on something once. Um, but David Harbour as the older Jedi. Phenomenal. Um, and uh, James Hong. As the Elder, come on. As Morrigan himself, back as a true, evil, twisted villain. As Morrigan? Who, where, where do I know that the, name? The, the red concept... Jordan Fisher was the oh. Padawan. He's brilliant. But As Morrigan is the red concept Jabba the Hutt crime lord. Yeah, okay, from Rebels. Yeah, he, it's the same actor playing the, um, the villain in this. Love that. Yeah, and Chief Hopper as a, as a Jedi was phenomenal. He was perfectly cast. Yeah, oh man, I loved this he, one. He was extremely sexy, that, that <laughs> Jedi. He he looked like he needed some coffee. He looked like he needed a nap. And, For sure. Uh, he's, Chief, he's Chief Hopper as a Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. I'm, I'm here for, for a dirty, sad old man, uh, sexy <laughs> Jedi. Definitely. I like that this one's kind of a mystery. Like it, it feels kind of like a buddy cop thing going on. Yeah. When the, the Jedi land on the planet and they're trying to figure out what's going on and the local townsfolk are scared to talk to them. Uh, I thought that was really a, a neat element to have here. Agreed. I like the tone of this one. I like, I like the subdued colors. I like the, the mystery mood of it all. Just really, I gotta, I, I gotta highlight the lightsaber fight elements that I just thought were next yeah. level cool. Please. So, the Padawan gets pretty quickly defeated, and the during the duel, they're doing the things that Obi Wan and Maul did in Rebels, where they're like kind of like taking the measure of each other without swinging, which is a very, uh, feels like a very samurai thing For to sure. do. And then the, the master shows up and 
they're doing that with each other, and the Sith is talking about, like, how fucking jazzed he is to be fighting a powerful enemy, and, like, I'm really here for it, and they're, they do, like, you know, maybe four or five moves, and then they separate and, like, take the measure again and change stance, and there's an element where they clash, and the the master grabs the Sith's uh, hilt of uh, his left lightsaber and then, like, disarms him. Yeah. And you, you think for a second, like, oh, he's going to use two lightsabers now. No, he throws it up in the air and cuts it in half, which I thought was brilliant because Love now, uh, like, this dude can't disarm you back and, like, get his blade back. Like, it's, it's out of the picture. Yeah. And then um, they... Uh, the the Sith grabs like some force lightning and shoots it at the Jedi, and then he like keeps it in his hand. And as the Jedi swings, he catches the lightsaber in the hand holding the force lightning. Because we all know that uh, lightsabers can deflect force lightning, so he's yeah. like keeping a constant flow of lightning. Uh, close to his hand and like has the lightsaber caught there then the padawan does a saber throw to distract the sith and the sith has to like deflect it away and while the sith is looking over there with the master's lightsaber still caught in his off hand the master uh turns his lightsaber off ducks down under the hand with the lightning like repositions and ignites his lightsaber through the Sith's heart. It's fucking metal. It is (laughs) so goddamn cool. Yes. I, the only thing that still nags me about the fight and I cannot remember, maybe, maybe it's been a few days. Maybe I missed something. Why don't they tell the council like, Hey, we've, we've fought this guy. He was, he was probably a Sith. You should just, they might still be out there. Um, they might have. That's true. The hubris of the council might have just been like, nah, shut up. Also, like, by the Sith's own admission, he had, like, left the Sith order. That's true. And so, like, the the Sith, just like the Jedi, is a religion that you can choose to follow that path or not. Like, when Ahsoka says, I'm not a Jedi... She's still a light side force user. She's just not following that, like those specific religious tenets anymore. And I get the, the vibe that that's how this dude was. Like he didn't take on a Padawan uh, from what we know. Like he was not trying to rule of to it or anything like that. That's true. He was a rogue. Yeah, this was this was fun. This was another any, fun, twisted one. Any other highlights? I liked their little quiet moment in the ship at the beginning. You just really got the sense that these guys were, that they had a good relationship and that they'd been, you know, that they'd been together for some time, that they worked well together, that they got along. It was cool to see that because we we see a lot of troubled master-apprentice relationships in Star Wars. It was cool that they for the most part, liked each other. This is, by my recollection, the second black 
Jedi male with a speaking role ever. Trying to think. So we have Mace Windu in the prequels. Jeez. We don't have any new black men Jedi in the Clone Wars TV show. There are none in Rebels. Obviously, you know, Mandalorian doesn't have any Jedi. Uh, And I I want Jedi Finn. Like, I don't want to take that from anyone. Personally, but we didn't get it. Personally, I liked Finn better as the arc he has as like this stormtrooper who defected and like I thought he had like a lot going on there and I just prefer soldier characters in Star Wars. But talking with friends of mine who are black and were like, no, like this meant uh, we wanted this. We felt we were promised this with those posters and with the advertising. And we felt like we were let on like their views matter more than mine. And what I wanted for Finn, like what they wanted for Finn means more. And if you watch Rise of Skywalker, the secret Finn wants to tell Rey. On the surface value of watching that film, it's that he has feelings for her. Yeah. It is not that he can use the Force. I think Jabram's uh, realized that it did not go over well, and him saying it at a convention, in my mind, doesn't make it canon any more than uh, Turf Lady Supreme J.K. Rowling saying Dumbledore's gay after the fact. Yeah. Um, Now, if we get more Finn stories, I would love to have it be that he's a Jedi. Uh, I think Boyega would love it if he ever comes back. And it's clear that a lot of black fans, uh, it would mean a lot to them. And Definitely. I think that's what's important. But um, yeah, we don't see Finn do any Jedi shit in the movies. And, uh, you know, the Lego holiday special is fun, but. Let's be real. That's not. Yeah. If you're going to make the second on screen black Jedi character a Jedi, it is a shame that the only material you have is a Lego holiday special. So by my by my count, this is only the second uh, on screen black male Jedi. I had not realized that. uh, I mean. Really, overall, it's only the third black Jedi character besides Addie Gallia. And I guess we can count Stas Ali, like, as as a separate one, but, like, they're really the same character. They're basically they just, the same, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we he's relegated to the background, but Agent Kolar is a... He does confront Palpatine, but that's really it. And I don't know if he counts because he's a he's technically not even a human. Yeah, he's such a he's such an alien design that yeah. I think his zabrakness overshadows That's his, true. The fact that, you know, he's a person of color. Yeah, that's um, a good point. But yeah, I like I fucking love this Master Padawan team and yeah, more more Jedi of color, please. Star Wars and thank you. Yeah. Because these guys are great. They're both great. I would love to see them again. I would love to yeah, see them in something else. Um, definitely. I'd like to see it. I mean, they could be a recurring comic. Just They were fun. 
it kind of reminded me of the Utapau arc for Clone Wars that yeah, never got aired, but it's that's like that's the vibe. A Jedi cop procedural, and you can not feel bad because Jedi are not real life cops, you know. Yes. That's a good uh, take on that. It like this dynamic was really, really fun, and I enjoyed both of these characters a lot. Yeah, they uh, were fun. Anything you'd change? I don't know if I asked that. <sighs> you didn't. Um, okay. Not really. I. Yeah, I I thought that it it introduced them. It showed us their relationship. It introduced the antagonist. We fought the antagonist. We beat the antagonist with Jedi smarts. That that's and all like, it needed to be. Really dynamic Jedi smarts. Yeah, like it was it was really really cool stuff. Definitely. Akihiro, any <laughs> anything you want to say about it that we haven't said in the, oh, in the beginning of the episode? Uh, it was the pacing. I do need to reiterate that the pacing is weird. And it introducing the theme at the end of Act 3 and not hinting at fate before that, except the fact that he's having this nightmare. I don't know. It it clearly had something to say about fate, but it waited till the last minute. And I also don't really agree with what it said about fate. I don't, I don't... really have anything to weigh in on. <laughs> like, I clearly didn't watch the episode yeah. closely enough to, like, catch stuff. So well, all it... I can really talk about is, like, the visuals. And yeah. I didn't particularly love the visuals, so... It was very... What you said at the top about how, with most of these, you could... It was inseparably Star Wars and inseparably anime. I don't feel that way about this. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this could have been any kind of sort of run-in or samurai story and still work. It His katana did not need to be a laser for this story to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been about two rival noble houses in the real world. It could have been set in Middle Earth. It, could, Which, uh, interestingly enough, did you see that they are doing this with Middle Earth? No, but that's cool. They are making a movie called The War of the Rohirrim, and it is anime, and it is about the founding of Helm's Deep. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I like that. But anyway, um, yeah, this could have been... This could have been outside of Star Wars and still survived intact. Yeah, I think there, you're right. There was actually a moment where she says he says that he's working, and she says, oh, Jedi work. And even on my second watch through, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's a Jedi. Right. Got it. I still yeah. liked it. I, I, like I said, I think I need to give it another shot. Uh, it just didn't grab me, and I got uh, distracted. But I would recommend that. Yeah, so I, I think that's all we have to say about Visions. Um, I think so, these too. These three episodes. The the final ones we're going to watch are what we have relegated as the cute ones. So I'm pretty pumped. Agreed. I, I Just a little preview. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody, I love it. That's, that's my favorite. That's all we're going to talk about is Tatooine Rhapsody. <laughs> I'm so excited. I think so. I think so. Well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at ForceFriendsPod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. 
We are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio, as well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics by Ending Pending and Fan Fiction is Good Actually. Speaking of, uh, Fan Fiction is Good Actually did an episode where Evan explains the Omegaverse to the host of Ending Pending, Ronnie, and uh, slash our producer Ronnie, and myself. It's a doozy. There is a whole extra half hour on Patreon worth subbing, <laughs> listening to that, and then just deleting your sub if that's all you want. I saw um, your I saw your post about that, and I I was gonna ask you about it, but I decided to just look up the Omegaverse, and I, I looked at that for about three minutes. It's, it's yeah, something. Um, it yeah, is, that's, it is something. Don't look it up. Just subscribe to the Patreon. It's. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to the the episode first, and then yeah, go and then, get the bonus half hour. It's yes, it is some buck wild shit. Um, <laughs> when when Andy says buck wild, you know that you're in. That's the that is the catchphrase for like a that that's the red flag for one of the more fascinating aspects of humanity. I want to shout out another podcast too, uh, not connected to us at all, but Gold Squadron Gaze. Uh, one incredible name, uh, very mm-hmm. very good. You know me. I love a good Y-Wing. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're covering The Mandalorian right now, and they're Mm. having a ton of fun with it, and uh, their insights are really, really good. They are worth uh, downloading, listening to, checking out, and I've really been enjoying their rewatch. So uh, if you enjoyed us talking about The Mandalorian, but you want some more Mando in your life, go check out Gold Squadron Gaze. They're they're having a good time. Right on. Uh, Ryan, how do we end these episodes? We end these episodes by saying, tell the council about the Sith Lord and tell the boy about his parents. Tell the council about the Sith Lord. You find a Sith Lord on a weird planet. You have a cool tool. File a report. File a report. Do the paperwork. That's an important part. Yes. That's a part of a procedural. That's a procedure. Yeah. To fill out your goddamn paperwork. Come on. Where They May Radio.